From Sales Loft Podcast, it's No Nonsense Sales with your tour guide through the alphabet wilderness of sales jargon, Tom Boston. Episode 6 of No Nonsense Sales and start up the fanfare, bow your heads because I'm rolling out the red carpet for some B2B sales royalty this week. He's the creator of the sales methodology Sadness. Sales are dope. Never ever stop selling, which I think is great. I was actually so inspired by my guest's methodology and the many sales methodologies out there that I decided to create my own. And I came up with flumps, forceful, loud, unapologetic, maximum pressure selling. Struggling to hit your number? You need flumps. Can't get past the gatekeeper? Hit them with flumps. Are you the worst member of your entire team? Show them you've got flumps. When I created flumps, I had two main goals. One, I wanted it to sound ridiculous. And two, I wanted it to be the complete opposite of what I think good selling looks like. And I'm proud to say, I think I achieved both. For me, selling shouldn't be a forceful or an aggressive process. I think salespeople should be persistent. Of course they should. But with a relevant message that adds value to their buyers. Ultimately, salespeople were here to serve. And that's what I love about the SalesLoft platform. It simply helps salespeople to serve their buyers better. Ross Pomerantz, or Corporate Bro, as you might know him, has been making content about the world of selling for years. I was first introduced to his content when I was a new SDR, and he quickly became a must-follow. His quirky and often no-holds-barred commentary on the life of a salesperson has made him known worldwide. I've always found his videos really funny, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. So here's how it went when I met, once I'd figured out exactly what to call him, Ross Pomerantz. Is it is it Ross? Is it Corp? Corporate bro? What? How should I refer to you? Uh, I think probably Corp. Corp is the easiest. Um, that's what most people call me anyway, even friends, some of my family. Um, I think it's a little, yeah, we'll just go with Corp. I like that's it. how I sign off most things at this point. It's also just like, I hear it. There's, I actually know a fair amount of Rosses. And so Corp, like my ears tuned now to hear Corp probably more than Ross. Nice, like that. Not a lot of corps in the world, so uh, we'll uh, we'll stick with out there. <laughs> we'll <laughs> stick with that. Well, uh, I've done my fangirl moment before we recorded the episode, and uh, I kind of uh, I kind of talked you through. Look, you know, I I got introduced to your content years ago. Everyone I speak to in sales seems to know you, um, but you said to me before we started recording that you're you're still glad of those compliments even after all these years, right? Yep. Yep, absolutely. I was saying, uh, you know, the internet is a dark place. Cold calls are a dark place, but the internet's even darker. And so, you know, I get my fair share of rude messages, rude emails, whatever you want to call them, just like any uh, any rep on the floor does. Only mine are unprovoked. I, you know, I get them unprovoked, which is just a real treat for me. <laughs> so if you if you don't know who Cop is, and I am, um, you know, unless you've been living under a rock, you, you might not know. But do you want to just talk us through uh, how this all started? Like, when did you become corporate bro? Yeah. Uh, so like many washed up athletes who had no hard skills and no idea what they wanted to do with their life, uh, I ended up in sales, tech sales at Oracle uh, in 2014. And it was right around that time, 20, late 2014, early 2015, back when Vine social media platform that was just six second videos basically TikTok before TikTok um 
for all the folks out there who are unaware of what Vine is. Vine has since gone, uh, but that's where I started making videos for no reason at all, really. Like I looked around one day, I remember I was walking with my buddy, uh, Matt, and I was like, man, everybody here is just a corporate bro. And you know, I meant that in terms of everyone, every single person there, it was a bunch of 20 to 40 year olds selling million dollar deals with absolutely no idea what the hell they were selling. It was an absolute madhouse. All the salespeople were in this shitty building across the street from the beautiful Oracle campus. So everyone's like, oh, beautiful Oracle. Now the salespeople are in the frat house across the street called Twin Dolphin. And um, I just started making videos for my team. Turned out that uh, other teams enjoyed the videos. And so it sort of became a thing at Oracle. And then lo and behold, what I didn't know was that sales is pretty much the same everywhere in the world. We all uh, think our quote is too high, our territories are our products are and marketing is So uh, the jokes resonated across, uh, honestly, all cultures. It just, it ended up working that uh, turns out sales, yeah, it's universal. <laughs> well, that was that was my uh, that was my take on it, right? I was new to the kind of sales world, B two B. You know, this is five or six years ago, and I'd e I'd not even heard of these terms. You know, SDR, AE, all that kind of stuff. And then I saw your content, and I was like, oh, here's a guy who's not only referencing it, but actually holding a mirror up and uh, and kind of making fun. But I would say in a friendly way, right? In the same way that you might that you might Josh with a with a friend it's all it all comes from a place of love right yeah i mean uh, of course it, like the job sales is extremely hard especially emotionally and like what else are you gonna do but laugh at it you know i i try to defend salespeople as much as i can but i also like to make fun of salespeople as much as i can because we, we do a lot of dumb shit and we are very hypocritical in a million different ways you know we we all make cold calls for a living but anytime we get that unavailable number calling us we're like who the hell keeps calling me from this robot number and guess what that's what we do for a living so like there's um there's a lot of hypocrisy there's a lot of struggle and it is you know any tragedy is ripe for comedy and so it just sort of worked out it was really born out of my own pain of being on the sales floor and quota and all that stuff so you know salespeople are pretty tough for the most part so i like to believe that i can be a little bit harsher in this world it's a little bit we can go down a whole other route of political uh, uh worldly situations but you know salespeople, for the most part are pretty uh are, are able to handle that pretty thick skin it's the marketers we worry about you know so 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 speaking of um comedy coming from pain your methodology speaks to that right with with it being sadness this of idea of uh yeah sales being dope and you should never ever stop selling so uh what what is it about sales that makes it that makes it so dope honestly god it's you know it, it isn't necessarily the act of selling that is so dope it is that the skill of selling is probably the most important skill there is period in on earth um across any job you'll ever do now there is also nothing quite like closing a deal. It is the equivalent of hitting a home run in business. Like I, I can't think of another equivalent in another role that would be the same. That would take the same kind of mental agony that would and result in something that is so also extrinsically motivating, like making a bunch of money. So, you know, if, as soon as you stop selling, you stop getting to the things that you want. You know, you start becoming more passive. You start uh, being less proactive about the things in life that you're trying to achieve and that and the goals that you want so that's why it's sadness but it also hurts a lot so that's why it's sadness you know <laughs> so you've got the you've got the highs 
the highs and the lows of yes. uh, of sales, which uh, I think a lot of people will, will definitely relate. So, now this particular episode is is F in the A to Z guide to the sales jargon, and it's the methodology I came up with, which was flumps, forceful, loud, unapologetic, maximum pressure selling, uh, which was inspired. Some people might say stolen uh from from <laughs> from your oh. methodology right i i thought oh, i might do one of those um so so what's your take on mine then what do you think about forceful selling i mean it's not gonna work that well not anymore no um you know unless you're slanging cars on the on the car lot where your client will then drive away and most likely never come back uh i don't know if that will still work nowadays i think you know sales is much more consultative um it's much more cooperative uh than, than it used to be or at least than it used to be portrayed i i think of i think of grant cardone when i hear flumps or when i read forceful you know yeah. pushing like that whole thing is just like the uh it's i think it's also perhaps more importantly it's the way i think the rest of the world views sales that are uh, folks who aren't in sales and especially in 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 tech sales uh and that's just not what it is. That's not what the best people do. You know, there's, it's not to say that no one ever applies pressure, but it's, it's not quite like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not cheesy, like forceful, like, come on, like, you gotta do it. Like, look, Johnny, I'm cutting you a deal here, man. Like, no, that's not how it works anymore. There are ways you can apply pressure, but it's never quite like that. It's much more nuanced. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I think the the sellers that I've worked with in the past that are right at the top of their game, they they're kind of unlike any other humans I've I've met before, right? They they think differently, the way that they've got the ability to interact with people, but also to get a deal over the line. Uh it's it's so impressive and I think that yeah, I'd agree with you, right? Sales has has changed massively and there are skills that you need in the modern world of selling that maybe you didn't need 5 10 15 15 years ago now um you've you have famously been let's say unkind to marketers um for for years within within your content i think i i think i saw a quote from you which was something like anyone who is in marketing or in CS is someone who failed in in sales. Now, as someone who was a seller and now sits within the brand team of my organization uh, and I feed into marketing, I, I wondered <laughs> um, if I could get your opinion on that. What do you think about sellers who who have now gone to the the dark side, as you call it? Well, I still respect them for having gone through it. Like sales is not for everyone. It, it's barely even for me. <laughs> let's be, let's be honest. It's barely for anyone at all. Um, but my biggest gripe, typically with marketers in particular, is the ones who think that a selling is easy, or b that they could they too could sell when they've never made a cold call in their life. And and that's always what bothers me the most. If people go into sales, they put their time as an SDR. They're ripping their cold calls. They're like, this is miserable. I want to be a marketer. And and for the most part, those are the folks who are like yeah, I couldn't cut it in sales. I thought sales was miserable. I hated this. So I left. I'm like, okay, fair. That's total. That's totally fair. Um, but I do like to rip on people. Like, let's be honest. If they were at the top of the leaderboard, very like, very unlikely that they're leaving sales because there's nothing quite like that. So, you know, I don't think there's anything untrue about saying those who can't, you know, do teach and those who can't sell go into 
marketing um, or, you know, sales ops or, or whatever it may be. I just, my issue only ever comes from the people talking about sales who have never done it. Okay. So I've got the badge of honor, right? As a, you do. Uh, right. You've got the purple heart, you know, you've got the wounds, you've got the scars. Yeah. The I've been there. Emotional uh, scars. So, and, the, and the PTSD that comes yes. with, uh, with having, having sold in the past. Uh, and exactly. I've definitely got, I've definitely got friends in marketing who, who, who've had to unfollow your content because they said, I can't take it anymore. Right. Whereas I, I quite like it. I, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you know, not everybody can laugh at the joke. Like I said, the people who tend to struggle with it the most are the people who deep in their soul know it to be true and uh, <laughs> can't handle it anymore. So <laughs> yeah, those are the ones are like, wait a second. He's, uh, he's talking too much truth here. Now um, I, I'm really, really keen to ask you about your, your series that you're filming because um, when I first reached out to you to get involved in this, you were, I think on the road and I yep. saw from your, your crying CEO video that you've been in all these amazing locations. So I'd love to hear about this, uh, this new series and what we can expect it's coming out next year, right? Next year. Yeah. So date is still a little TBD. Um, so the show is called sales are dope. It is an eight episode series. Uh, the intent was written to be 10 minute to like 18 minute episodes, though they may stretch a little bit longer just for cinematic reasons. Um, it follows a sales team at a company called Suckle. Um, it is a basically a Series A startup. There's three AEs, a sales engineer, Raj, who's many uh, a fan favorite. There's our sales manager, and you know it is. Um, it basically follows this team through three days, including a call blitz and a spiff where they're trying to beat the East team. And uh, you know it's trying to tell what I would call the modern sales story. You know, try to show what sales is really like nowadays. Uh, it's called SAD, sales are dope. You know, it's from the acronym and it tries to illustrate all of that, all of why sales are indeed dope, but also why it is sadness. And the plan is, so we shot for a month in LA and we shot in San Francisco. The show's supposed to take place in San Francisco, but I can't afford to finance a show all shot in San Francisco. So we shot all the interiors. We got an office in, in LA, but when when we go outside, you'll walk out of these, the LA office and boom, you're in Soma, you're in San Francisco. Okay. So it's a lot of, there's a lot of camera tricks. You know, we shoot at a bar called Blue Light in, um, in San Francisco as well. But, you know, it is, um, our goal is still to sell it to a streaming service. So as soon as we get this thing locked up, it'll take about four months to edit between you know, just laying the clips in order that we want. We've got a VFX person coming in. We've got a color person coming in. We've got a sound mixing coming in and we've got someone who's got to score the whole thing. So there's like a huge post-production process. Our like, our true release goal, and this is obviously subject to serious change, but is to premiere at South by Southwest. So that's like a big, you know, festival in Austin. They do a lot of film stuff. It kind of feels like it's right in our wheelhouse demographic, um, but we got to get accepted to that. March is also a really long time. I want people to see it. At the same time, we'll be shopping into places like Apple and Netflix and uh, Hulu and Amazon and those types. It probably doesn't serve HBO very well, uh, but that's the goal. The goal is to get this on TV. And more importantly than that, the goal is to get a second season. You know, we had partners help finance it, uh, Bravado uh, and Scratchpad helped finance it. And then I kind of covered the rest of it through all the corporate bro brand things that I've done in my life. But all I want to do is a second season. I want to get a higher budget. I want to do more things. I want to show more about what this world is like. And because again, we only follow three days. There's a million jokes. We didn't, I didn't even bring in the marketing team in this one. I didn't bring in engineering. I didn't bring in anybody else really. So there's a lot of stories left to tell. Uh, but that's 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 the show in its in a nutshell. 
So. Well, I'm look, yeah, looking forward to it. It's I raunchy. Think, uh, it's <laughs> raunchy. Well, that's what we need for these streaming services, right? And if it's anything like the content that you put out, I'm sure that not just sellers, but but everyone around the world will uh, will laugh and enjoy it because I, I know that your content does really well with people who, yeah, not just in the B2B sales world, but actually just like comedy, right? And just like, well, just like things that are funny, yeah. We do a lot of education on sales. So we use a narrator as part of our explainer in terms of like sales terms that we use, you know? So I want people who aren't in sales to walk out of this being like, I get it now. Like I know what a call blitz is. I know what an AE is. I know what an SDR is. I know what a spiff is, you know, and kind of like set the stage of what's actually happening to these companies with a little bit of embellishment, obviously. Yeah, of course. That's what we need, right? A, l- a little bit of embellishment. Um, yeah. Corp, it's been it's been so great to to speak to you and thanks so much for for joining us on this brand new podcast. I uh, I've, I've not spoke to you about this yet, but I I did send it send it to you. So hopefully you've had a quick look and had a bit of an idea about a a pump up song that we can yeah. end the the episode with. I'm looking to get every one of my guests to to share with me what their pump up song would be and what they'd stick on to really really get themselves pumped for a for a cold call blitz you must have one in mind i do have one in mind but it's not your typical pump up it is a song called time by hans zimmer it's from the uh it's from the inception movie soundtrack it is as good a, a hype up song as there is if you're trying to focus up and kind of get in a zone i mean i listened to it before uh baseball games back when i was uh, uh you know an elite athlete now i'm just a washed up athlete but uh, that song still gets me jacked up and um it's either that or something for off the moana soundtrack but from right now it's it's and for years it's been time by hans zimmer well i spend enough of my day because i've got two young boys listening to the moana soundtrack so let's let's go for uh, time by yeah. hans zimmer from the inception soundtrack uh corp thanks so much for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your, your day this is time hans zimmer thank you tom appreciate it Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Appreciate that. This is time. A classic. Enjoy. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you and I will be waiting. What? Hans Zimmer? Never heard of it. Cindy Lauper, I thought. Time after time, he said. That's what the memo... Inception, never seen it. To hear the actual track, Time, from the movie Inception, as it was meant to be sang, head over to the No Nonsense Sales playlist, which is now on Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe to the No Nonsense Sales podcast on your favourite podcast player or by visiting salesloft.com slash podcast.